Great Parents podcast. This right here is Not Great Parent Nathan. Hello. And I am Not Great Parent Molly. How are you today? How's I'm it doing not okay. Great? Yeah, I was going to say my voice certainly sounds not great. I am a, I, I don't know that I was ever sick, but you know, for those of you who are watching this and not aware of what time we film this, because even within this episode, we have some like... It's like three different filming days. Even that TV show Lost with all the time jumps. <laughs> that's that's what it's going to feel like to people watching this. Uh, but at the time that we're filming this was that week we had all the rain. Oh, yes. Right after all the 25 degree weather. Right. I think the pressure changes. I had a lot of sinus pressure. I, I agree. And I don't feel bad right now, but I think after four or five days of coughing a lot, my voice is just decided. <laughs> kind of raw. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Not, you know, once again, it doesn't hurt. Just I'm confident for those of you listening, does not sound great. But we're here. But we're here and we're well. Yeah, but that's not why we call this the Not Great Parents No, it doesn't, it's not related to our health. No, that's true. Our, our physical health on any other day. The terminally ill parents. That's what we should start going <laughs> The parents with. that sound not great. Yeah. No, we intentionally don't want to be great parents. That's correct. So tell us a little bit about that. So uh, the reason we want to be not great is because there's a way in which we live in this world where we pursue the greatness of the world. Right. Success and bigger experiences and, you know, more. And for our kids, things like better education mm-hmm. and better, better uh, you know, experiences of going to all these different vacations and ideas yes. and growing up to be the most successful and brilliant and admirable kids in the world. And we're not pursuing that. We want to pursue goodness in God's kingdom, which doesn't mean we won't get some of those other things. Right. But it's not our top priority. Our top priority is raising kids to love God, love people, and build up his kingdom. Yeah. So this year we are getting really practical about what that looks like. And and so we've been in this three-week series called Family Matters. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've been in the whole series for five or six weeks. But this is, we've done this kind of even mini series within the series. Mm -hmm. And we're talking a lot about... Um, having children that are confident and yes. um, they know that their parents are for them, that we would right. be parents that are for our children yes. no matter what. And we would strive to make sure that our children know that. That's right. And that we're for them in a way that helps drive them towards the good life of, that That's God right. wants for them and who God wants them to be. Well, and I think even in what you said there, Molly, I can see the greatness aspect of it. Of you know, a lot of parents go, "I want my kids to be confident," mm-hmm. you know. And there's these, you know, the high self-esteem movement and all those kind of yeah. things. Of there's a confidence in greatness, which is confidence. And once again, we want them to be confident in their capability right. and all those kind of things. But there's this feeling of if they're high confident, they'll be a high achiever, right? You know. But when we talk about high in confidence, it's their confidence in. Uh, our love for them. Right. And God's love for them. And God's love for them. And that other people will love and accept them. It's a confidence that allows them actually to connect to other people Mm -hmm. in their adult life, right? right? To be able to be vulnerable with other people. Right. And to ultimately seek relationships with other people because people who grow up with this kind of feeling that, well, well, maybe my parents love me as long as... I'm doing this. Yes. You know, as long as I fit into whatever mold they have for me. (laughs) That's right. That kind of uh, connection is very insecure. Mm -hmm. It's very performance-based and often ends up creating in our children this, um, one, a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. a lot of stress, and this kind of fear for some personalities to ever really connect with anyone else because there's always this feeling of, if I let you too far inside to my weaknesses, 
If I'm too vulnerable or if I fail too much Mm -hmm. or if I let you down too much, maybe you'll walk away from me. Yeah, and there's plenty of adults that feel that way too because that was instilled in a lot of people. And so we want to bring that to the front of everybody's mind and and put into practice the things in our life that help us make sure that we are not doing that with our children and that we're helping them grow confidence in God and in themselves and in their ability to relate to others. And we, the reason we're talking about it on here is because we know that the family models everything, right? That God has this plan and he uses the family to model what he would want life in his kingdom and, and in the, um, you know, being with him and to look like. And so, um, we have to steer towards that. That's right. And I think we've been, you know, in the last episode, we talked about this idea, once again, balancing the good, not great. You know, there is a way in which most parents think my job is to set my kid up for success. Right. That's why we said it last week. Was I think my job is to really push you, even give you confidence in yourself. When you might not have a lot of right. it. Expose you to all these new things so you can try everything and see what you're good at. Right. Or give you all the skills you need, you know, to kind of become the kind of person who can succeed. And what we said is it might be more important in the goodness of God to teach our kids what it is to fail well. Right. To what is it to make mistakes? What is it to not succeed at something? And maybe even when I sin, as we said, not to teach our kids how to sin, they don't need help with that. They know how to do that. Nor do we. (laughs) Yes. But how, when I sin, to confess that, to be vulnerable so that I can know, because it's in those moments mm-hmm. when I fail, when I mess up, when I'm at my worst, mm-hmm. and someone still loves me and doesn't withhold affection from right. me and still says, hey, I'm still proud you're my son. I'm, I'm still, still proud you're you. my daughter. Yeah, I'm still for you. It's those moments that I have a really strong, secure connection. But one of the things that always kind of comes out of that when you talk about teaching them how to fail well I can feel with a lot of parents, and I'll just say I'm a very success-oriented person. This is all learning for me as well. Same here. Um, There's this feeling of, oh, so this is just supposed to be some kind of kumbaya. Everyone's a loser. Right. And aren't we all happy with our participation trophies? Everybody wins somehow, but really we're all losing. (laughs) And does this mean I never have any expectations for my kids? And that's not what we're saying. In fact, we're saying you should have expectations for your kids. Yes. But... The way in which you have expectations really matters. Right. So we're going to really unpack that in this yes. episode, and I think it's a, I think it's a great discussion. I certainly learn a lot from yes. I, from the top the things that we have. As you'll see, we've already filmed that part of yes, it, so we're going to have an outfit. Like Nathan's this. going to sound great. We're going to look different for those of you yes. that are watching, but um, it's a really good conversation, yeah. and you know, it's it it goes beyond just setting expectations with our children it is something that can be used in all relationships in our lives so we hope that uh, you'll enjoy that and we'll be back to talk about that in a little bit we all have unconscious expectations yes Mm -hmm. there's no way to get rid of unconscious but you have to how important is it to make those a conscious thing and that you're actually speaking about them? And I would say in particular, in our case, with your kids, mm-hmm. that you know every parent has that unconscious expectation of some kind. Yeah. I thought you were gonna do this, or yeah. I thought it was gonna be this. I've never said it to my kid, and then all oh, of a sudden, a I'm, I'm now laying into my kid, and they're shocked because they're like, I didn't know I let you down. I didn't right. even, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how important is yeah. it in relationships 
It's everything. Right. I mean, I just said this to a client the other day. I said, you know, unspoken expectations are just planned resentments. Mm. That's good. Now say that again so yes. people, for the people in the back. <laughs> unspoken <laughs> expectations are just planned resentments. All right. right. Because like you just said, Nathan, if, <coughs> if I expect something out of you, but I never tell you, and then you don't come through for me, what right do I have to then hold you to a standard? I'm holding you to a standard that hasn't even been agreed upon yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, you can easily see how this works out in parenting. I mean, your kid does not have all of the expectations of themselves even or the knowledge right. that you have of how to, how to be in the world and not, you know, take it the spiritual route of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Right. Our job is to teach those to express those and say those in ways that aren't just that aren't just constant. Okay, here's a list of rules, mm -hmm. but to set them up for some kind of success of saying, here's what is expected of not just you, but me too. Right. This is what we're ways. all trying to do. That's right. And then now, when you know expectations don't get met, you've got something to come back to, and mm -hmm. you can now talk about it. But if you don't do that, you're frustrating. You know, your kids, you're mm -hmm. you do it to your spouse, you're frustrating your spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, I expected you to do A, and but I never tell you that. Well, I, I can't do what you don't, mm -hmm. once you don't express. And don't you think when, so you, when you have these things with a kid, I think there's, you know, there's this, I at least see it in my generation of parents, there's this kind of move towards, well, we should just have no expectations. But there's a level to which it's impossible. I mean, I have to have an expectation for the relationship. The problem mm -hmm. that I see with people is you when you say I'm not going to have any what you're and I like the way you said it, you're planning for resentment because you right. what you're saying is I'm not even going to tell myself the expectation I have for you until you cross that boundary. Now I'm I feel it. <laughs> well, and you just said it, Nathan, when you take that stance of, well, I'm just not going to have any expectations. Therefore, I'll never be disappointed. You basically have declared, I'm a person with no boundaries. Mm. And that's not healthy either. No. Right. I just had this conversation <laughs> in a session the other day. Some, somebody, we were talking about, you know, I have all these expectations and they're not being met. I guess I should just give them all up. And I said, well, okay, that's one way of looking at it. And okay, you'll never be disappointed, but you'll also become a doormat that gets walked on all the mm. time. Right. And, and then you'll be resentful of that. Right. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and decide what your boundaries are. Right. right. Because you're never going to be able to just throw them all out either. It's not even know? realistic. It's, it's not realistic. It sounds it's not great. Possible. It sounds great when you're frustrated and you right. and when you're constantly being disappointed. But that's not the answer. And I think people love to say, "I'm going to lower my expectations. I'm going to whatever." You're really just going to state your. You're going to, you know, well, think make sure they're realistic. Real, that's right. Create realistic ones yeah. and communicate them. If they need to be lowered, absolutely, let's lower sure. them because right. you might not have realistic expectations of your right. kids. I've seen some parents right. that have some pretty high expectations yes. of their small children, and I'm like, oh, you need to lower those. That's right. Okay, that's that's valid. You don't lower them just for your own. See, that's a selfish act. If I lower my expectations of my teenager that I know has the ability to live up to a certain standard, I'm yes. not doing her any good, and right. I'm just doing it to placate my own feelings. Right. That's right. And that, that's not a way to parent either. Mm -mm. That's right. Well, and I see it with a lot of parents who they grew up, and maybe it's, you know, it's an issue with attachment. They grew up in an overbearing home that maybe had unrealistic yeah. standards, mm -hmm. or they had and there was a lot of con high consequence, mm -hmm. low connection, right. you know. And so I want to go in. I don't want that relationship with my kids, but I haven't thought through 
Well, if I have realistic expectations, that's fine. So what I do is I say, well, I'm not going to put any standards on my kids. I'm not going to put any consequence. Mm -hmm. What ends up happening, though, for those children is, and I see this a lot, they end up unable um, to have confidence even in themselves and their ability to do things because they understand at some point someone has expectations for the way it is. You keep telling me I'm great, I'm perfect. I know I keep failing at something. Mm -hmm. The expectations are helpful to my kid. Once again, if they're realistic and I've stated them because they allow my child to know, oh, I can meet goals. I can meet, I can be a productive person. And Um, it also requires your child, if they're in the right sweet spot, your expectations, your child is going to get right up to them and maybe even struggle a bit. Mm -hmm. And then the struggle is where the growth comes. And the struggle is where they start to hopefully reach out for help. Right. And that's the kind of child you want to raise. Because there's vulnerability in there. Right. You've got to have some vulnerability in this life or you're not going to make it or you're going to fry yourself and burn out. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to get to a point where you struggle and it's hard, but that's okay. And I ask for help. I become dependent on, appropriately dependent on people who care for me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I grow past the struggle and I've accomplished something. That's when that's when things start to really take off yeah, and, and you start to grow in your self-esteem. There's a book, it's a great book. I personally think every believer should read it. I think every parent should absolutely read it. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. The basic point, this is, it's not really a subtitle. It's really long if it is, but it's, it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. That most of us think, hey, what God wants is for me to have these like spiritual insights and spiritual depth, but God doesn't care how much I am holding bad expectations for the people in my life, and all of this is a part of us. So he gives some rules in this. Pete Scazzaro is his name. Uh, He he gives some things of what makes um, expectations bad, uh, but then they obviously the reverse would be what makes them good. So a poor expectation is uh, they are unconscious, meaning we have expectations we're not even aware of until someone disappoints us, right? Mm -hmm. Unrealistic. That we have illusions about others. For example, we think a spouse, a friend, or a pastor will be available at all times to meet our needs. Unspoken, that we may have never told our spouse, our friend, or employee what we expect, yet we are angry when our expectations are not met. And finally, they are unagreed upon. We may have had our own thoughts about what was expected, but it was never agreed upon by the other person. And his point is, if these are if any of these are qualifications for your expectations, they are invalid. Mm-hmm. And if someone else has those expectations for you, Absolutely. they are invalid. That if someone comes to you and goes, hey, I sent you an invite to X, you know, X event and, and you said you couldn't come and now I'm upset with you. Well, that's I never agreed to be at the event. By the nature of me telling you no right. is yes. me saying I can't come to that event. You set the expectation that you wouldn't be at the event. Yes, exactly. So here's, <laughs> here's, here's what a good expectation is. First... It has to be conscious. So the first job of every parent is to become aware of what are the expectations I have. Right. Are they just those three that you're not disobedient, you're not disrespectful, you're not uh, you know, dishonest with me? Now, those are base level ones, and those are really the only rules we have in our house. But whenever I have additional expectations, so I'll give an example because maybe this 
make it more practical. Maybe, which we're all about being practical. We are. What, my oldest daughter can stay home alone, mm-hmm. right? When we when we go to an event or go to whatever. Right. If it's not something that's church-related, we're like, you stay home. If we go to the gym and you don't want to come to the gym today, we're going to go there for an hour. You stay at home, do this. And then I say, but here's what I need done while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. It's not really like a rule of the house. It's, once again, it's an obedience. It's an obedience within this. Right, yes. but I give you the expectation. So I, I said to my daughter, I need you to take all the clean dishes out of the dishwasher, dry them, and put them up. Now, I, bad dad, also had the expectation, which I thought everyone just assumed, that all the dirty dishes would go oh, into the dishwasher. I had a dishwasher. feeling you were going there. And so I come home, and I go. The sink's full of stuff. I go, what? What is this? Uh-huh. Well, I said, I said, I, got, I said, maybe you can't stay home anymore because you don't listen to me. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, and she, and maybe your kid has had the same thing. She's like, she's, because... This daughter really wants to do everything right. I ask her to My, do. I'm, th- I'm imagining your child wiping every drip of yes. water that was on those clean dishes off before yes. putting it into the, perfectly placing it into the spot that it goes. That's right. And so I started <laughs> going. Because I know this daughter. And so my wife says to me, now, hold on. This is just my wife. She goes, she did listen to you because what you said was take mm-hmm. the dishes out and put them in the cabinet. You didn't tell her to put the other ones out. Well, everyone just knows if you take them out, there's dirty ah, dishes in the sink. Yeah. Everyone knows. I mean. You know who didn't know? Me. Yeah. Because I was the one who didn't say it. Yes. And it was my job to say it. So I had to say, hey, I'm sorry for getting on and you. Because you did exactly what I asked you to do. That was my fault. And next time, either, and the, where I've kind of gotten to is I go, sometimes I ask you to put the dishes in. And sometimes I go, you know what, I can do that when I get home. This right. is not a huge deal. You did a big help doing this part. So. It's, that's, that's an example. additional expectation, but I have to become aware, is this what I want? Now, it may go deeper than that. You've got a teenager, mm-hmm. and this used to happen a lot. And your expectation is because every Friday night was family movie night. Mm. And now they're 15, and they want to go to the movies with their friends. Yikes. And you have this unwritten expectation, which is Friday night's mom and, and baby boy hangout night, and baby boy's 15 now, and you have this hurt that under underlying that he now wants to go hang out with a friend or a girl <laughs> and he wants and now you start to feel oh where does that come from so i would suggest for any parent and i have to do this with myself and it is very helpful when you have a spouse who you can talk to this about is why am i so frustrated by this right you what know? about this is such an issue for me yeah, what is unconscious that I don't know? Why Why do I have this expectation that they're mm-hmm. going to be this way? And maybe your expectation is invalid because, and this is the second one, it has to be realistic. Mm-hmm. I have to ask myself if my expectations regarding the other person are realistic. So, And that's where I would go back to sometimes the thing, what I said about wanting people to make the decision I would make. It is not realistic that to think that think somebody like else thinks like me, sees things like me, it is not realistic because you know what I. It's not realistic for them to think I would make the same decision that That's they right. did, and and I think with our children, it's really easy to think, well, they're these little versions of us, and we've helped make them and create them. They That's should right. see it that way, or you know, they they can't read my mind, but they should know. That's right. They've watched me. They've watched me unload the dishwasher and put the dirty dishes back into the dishwasher every time I've done it, up until they learned how to do it. So why yes. wouldn't they think to do that? That's right. Well, expecting her to just know. That's right. Isn't realistic. Well, and so let's go back to that one of, yes, it's not realistic for her to know. And it may also be unreal, because this was this was my expectation. I'm just realizing this is more that we're talking yeah, about. We're my expectation was. like counseling for us. <laughs> <laughs> just 
airing out, all of, our, out all of our failures. My goals. expectation is, you know, a person who honors you, even though you only ask me to take them out, I go above and beyond. Oh, yes. Well, that's a little unrealistic to think a 12-year-old would know to go above and beyond in that way. So what, what I probably should do is sit down and say, hey, you know, one thing that's really important is when someone asks you to do something and you can do it a little extra. You know, it's the old, when you borrow someone's car, fill it up with gas. Return it nicer than you got right, it. Right, returning things nicer than you got it. And giving her knowledge, giving her help, so that one day when she's married or she lives with a roommate mm -hmm. or she's trying to do something, she can be a really honoring spouse, a really honoring a mm -hmm. roommate. But it's unrealistic to assume she knows everything I right. know. Right, You know, or that... I would say this too, it's an unrealistic expectation is that my child will never raise their voice in my presence. Right. I, it's completely unrealistic. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, well, I don't know, because I got girls and, I was going to say, especially if you have boys, but now I have them. girls and All of them. they're going to do the same thing. What we have kind of made the expectation is you can't yell at me, mm -hmm. but you can get loud. You can even kind of shout as long as it's not... And everyone knows the difference. They know the difference between when I stub my toe and I go, ah, and someone says, what? And I go, nothing, it just hurts. And I'm loud and it sounds aggressive, but I'm not yelling at you. Right. To the difference when I stub my toe and I go, you idiot, why'd you leave yeah. that on the floor? Yes. That's yelling at When it's directly at you. So I say to my kids, it is unrealistic to assume that my, or it is unrealistic to assume that my 12-year-old or my nine-year-old is going to have a perfectly normal reaction to disappointment. Mm -hmm. What I mean is when I say, oh, hey, we can't go to that thing because ah! of something. Else. This is over. My life is over. My whole... yeah, and I go, you're being a little dramatic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, I've done that. It's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. It is Now, once again, it doesn't mean that I don't have a conversation. No. Or that if they were disrespectful in that. But it's unrealistic for me to expect that they are going to respond and react in the same in the way that I think them, that they should, or the same way twice. <laughs> Correct. Which then leads to our third one here, which is you may have to speak those expectations. Mm -hmm. right? So they have to be spoken. I have to speak my expectations clearly, directly, yes, and respectfully to the other person. So what that means is, if I'm mom, let's go back to the teenager Friday night. I wish, okay. you know, this is how it often goes. You know, teenager texts mom, hey, can I go with my friends on Friday night? No. And mom text, or mom texts back and says, I thought we were going to hang out on Friday night. And teenager says, oh, yeah, but this is the only night my friends can came in. Well, I guess if you care more about your friends than your own mom. Ugh. Not clear, not direct, and not respectful. No. Not, that was not an honest, clear, direct way. Well, if the expect, and if it's a rule, you are well within your rights to make a rule. No, you can't do anything on Friday nights because you're hanging out right. with me. Right? If that's the rule you have, that's fine. But that needs, and that needs to just be it. No guilt trip, no passive aggressive, no any of those kind of things. Just, hey, nope, this is the rule. And if you're mad at me, that's the way it goes. Right. But often moms and dads realize, okay, they are going to be mad at me because I won't let them hang out with their friends. And maybe they should get to hang out with their friends. So maybe I'm just going to have to eat this. Right. And just deal with the fact that, I had none really expectations. I'm going to speak clearly about it and mm -hmm. say, hey, okay, that's fine. But I would like us to have one day, one two-hour period, right. a meal where we can be together this weekend. What meal would you like? Mm -hmm. See how it's, it's clear, it's, it's respectful. It might be, and you might even say, yes, I'm, you know, it's okay. You can go this Friday. But just so you know, mm -hmm. you know, we are. I would like time with you and next Friday 
Let's yes. lock it in for us to be doing that. So that, I, that you're not, you're not totally giving up every single right. Friday in that scenario. That's right. But you're allowing some. Well, I would try to think once I get to an age, once again, we've talked about this in previous episodes, that everything kind of scales and changes mm-hmm. as they get older. When they get to the age where they're starting to make their own plans and make, they're, they're getting closer to adulthood, I have to start communicating with them the way I would an adult who didn't live in my home. So I text Molly and say, hey, Molly, can you and Ben get together with me and Jennifer on Friday night? And she goes, oh, no, I have plans with someone else. I don't text back. Well, if they matter more to you than, than me, then I guess that's fine. <laughs> That would be real weird. Eventually, you would go, oh, I don't want to hang out with Nathan anymore. <laughs> I'd be like... That's a weird... I would probably respond, are you okay? <laughs> yes, exactly. But it, but it would be appropriate for me to say, oh, okay, if Friday night doesn't work, is there another night this week? Because right. we just... Y'all are really important to us, and we yes, want to get to see... Yes, it's about the, we wanting to be with you. Yeah, what about Saturday? What about... That's the way I would communicate. Guilt trip, passive-aggressive. It's not clear, respectful. Or endurance. taking it on as hurt. Like, yes. you know. So then the final one is it has to be agreed upon. In order for my expectations to be valid, the other person must be aware of and agree to them. Otherwise, it is simply a hope. Yeah. So once again, there are implicit agreed upon mm-hmm. <laughs> that come with your child when they're younger. I do not need to oh, sit yes. down with my three-year-old and have a discussion about... Do you and I both agree you should not stick forks in a light socket? You know, an electrical outlet? Should that? Should that <laughs> yeah, no. Is that something that, you know, guys agree upon this? We have a conversation about that. The implicit agreed is, I'm mommy, you're, you're, you're toddler. Yeah, yes. You do what I tell you to do. Right. right? That's the obedience part. I'm talking about when we start shifting from that obedience to honor. And this is starting to have with my, with my uh, 12-year-old. So I had a conversation the other day about we were having something about Terms of respect like yes, sir, no, sir, those kind of things. They've been a big sticking point in our home. We make our kids say yes, sir, no, Mm ma'am. All these things, that's when you're kids. But we're getting to an age where my 12-year-old's like, I had said to her when she said something, I said, "Um, I think you mean yes, sir. And she Mm -hmm. goes, oh, this again, you know, that. And so I realized in that conversation, that is not how I would speak. If if I came to Molly's office and go, hey, can you get that report done by this time? And she she goes, yes. And I go, don't you mean yes, sir? I'm so weirded out by that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It seems right when it's my 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it is right when they're when they're three because I'm trying to teach them basic <coughs> rules of respect yeah. and honor and obedience. My 12-year-old, so we had a conversation. I said, do you no longer think you have to do this in order to show me that I matter to you? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're getting to an agree, and we came upon an agreed upon Good. that's different than yes, sir, no, sir, but she agreed, I agreed, mm-hmm. and now I can hold her accountable to the things she agreed and to. And she can... It's about shifting. That's not the way, you know. I would say this, you know, if I... So if I went to Molly's office, and I said, Molly, can I have this report by 5 o'clock today? And she goes, whatever, and rolls well, her eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I might then go, hey, Molly, is everything okay? Yeah. <laughs> Or if you came to me and said, Nathan, can we have can we have dinner this week? And I go, oh, God, okay, if you build, if everything has to we go your way. To. We have to do it like your way. You know, there's yeah. a disrespectful way. So I said, let's figure out what's an appropriate way for us to communicate. Let's have an agreed upon thing. Instead mm-hmm. of me constantly putting upon you expectations you haven't agreed to. Mm-hmm. And then certainly as they get older, I, I want to be able to say, because there have been people in my life who... They have expectations that I'm going to be somewhere and do something. And I've told them, those days don't work for me. Yet you still keep getting mad at me that I won't show up at that time and at that place. Well, that's not fair because I've told you, I don't agree to that. Mm -hmm. So that's an expectation you don't get to have. It's just a hope. You're allowed to hope. You're allowed to say, hey, we're having this event. And if you can come, that'd be great. And then when I say no, 
You have to go, well, I'm just going to keep hoping. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to somehow call you and go, I, I thought you were going to come. Right. I thought this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, I told you no. Right. I would have done that for you. Yes. No. Those are not appropriate expectations. And so, once again, with our children, we have to have expectations. But the important part is, are they appropriate? Mm -hmm. And have they been communicated? So Yeah. If, if they haven't been a communicated, they're just, a, a, like you said, a hope and a, an assumption. It's, yes. you know, and that's, you're not setting your child up for success. Right. There's nothing worse than walking into something uh, as an adult even and not knowing what's expected. That's right. Um, you know, that that's how well, rules... Well, it causes a lot of anxiety. It causes a lot of anxiety. It causes a lot of... Yeah, a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. It mm -hmm. causes a lot of question for people when, yeah. you know, if I don't know what's expected of me, how do I, especially for some of our kids that are like super achiever types, I mean, they're they're going to be lost in those scenarios well, too. And our other, it's just really important that, you know, our kids know what's expected of them mm -hmm. in various scenarios and within our relationship with them as well. Well, because we're also trying to train them once again for what relationships should look like as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I want to train them where they start to realize, hey, these people have expectations for me I never agreed to mm -hmm. and I never thought was a part of it. But it also helps them in their relationship with God because so many of us, we treat God like we treat our parents, which is I have to tiptoe around them. Yes. I can't ever tell them what I really hide think. hide all these things. Yes. You know, every time your parents come over, there's something you have to hide. Or, you know, I've got to put that thing out that they bought me so that they think it's always there. And, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is, I'm, I'm trying to manage all of this because there's this uncertainty. I don't know what's going to upset them this time. Right. Right. But I want God to, I, and I do the same with God. Of I can't tell God certain things, certain feelings, mm -hmm. certain thoughts. I don't want to talk about certain things with him. I don't, I certainly feel like I have to tiptoe and if I mess up, I need to kind of hide it and act like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. All those kind of things. And then certainly when it comes once again, and all that's insecure attachment, it hinders my ability with the church to be able to have conversations with brothers and sisters in Christ that are respectful, mm -hmm. honoring, and honest. Right. Because ultimately my rules and expectations for my daughters that they would be honest, respectful, and you know, Right now it's obedient, but eventually honoring people, mm -hmm. right? That's what I, I would hope that they would be an honest wife one day, a respectful employee mm -hmm. someday, that they would be an honoring friend mm -hmm. to someone. And certainly all those things in the body of Christ, well, they have to learn that at home. And they have to do that in a way that they know, hey, when I act this way, things go well for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, expectations really are just a set of rules around behavior, right. rules around a relate that, that around a relationship mm -hmm. and things like that. And so we have to not only, I mean, we, we want to set, if we want to set up the relationship for success with That's that other right. person. And in order to do that, you have to state them. You have to have them be realistic. You have right. to, you know, and you have to believe the best in the other person that they're gonna, that they're going to try to meet those expectations. And then we, if they've agreed upon them. That's right. And then for your children, but it's also true for your employees. If they fail, there's some kind of accountability, whether that's a consequence. Right. Eventually, even for your employees, there has to be some kind of consequence. Of, mm -hmm. You cannot meet deadlines. Mm -hmm. There's a problem, right? But in a family, there's accountability. There's a conversation that follows. Unmet expectations that we agreed upon don't get swept under the rug. Mm -mm. We talk about them. There may be some kind of consequence. There's a way to fix them. But as we talked about in the last episode, maybe next episode, I can't figure it out. Some episode. Some episode about allowing them to fail. When they fail them, there's always acceptance and grace and love. But acceptance and grace and love, once again, is within reality, as we said. It's not me saying, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. 
No, it was a big deal because you said you were going to do it and you didn't do it. It's a thing. But I love you. My opinion of you hasn't changed. All of those things. And that creates this attachment of I can meet expectations. And when I fail, I can be loved and accepted. This person loves me as a whole being. And it allows them to connect to people better as they get older. So I hope you have better conversations around this. And that hopefully you and maybe your spouse, right? Uh, Or maybe if, you know, you're in a co-parenting situation, you Mm -hmm. talk to the other parent and you say, hey, can we, can we maybe... That's a whole other one. If you're co-parenting, you may have to have expectations for one another. When they're at your house, they this is how we expect. And But once again, those have to be agreed upon. The amount of co-parenting situations oh, I know yeah. where I'm trying to hold him to something he never agreed and to. And she's yeah. trying to, he's trying to hold her to something that he never even told her, right? Right. You got to have those with each other. Right. You know, and so I would have those conversations of let's make sure we have this where our kids are not growing up uncertain of what we expect and constantly anxious that suddenly we're going to be disappointed or yelling at them mm-hmm. because they didn't get something right, yeah. that they didn't even know they were supposed to get right. Right, because we want to set them up for success and we want to set them yes. up for not feeling like constant failures. Correct. Because that is what will happen. That's right. Is if they don't feel like these expectations are set and they met them or exceeded them, they will right. just feel like they're constantly failing. That's and right. that's what we don't want. We want our children to have a sense of security and right. within a secure attachment, a secure attachment within our family, and, and yes. it's it's fundamental in preparing them for the future. It's both things that I am loved for who I am and what I can do, you know, what I achieve, but I'm also loved even when I fail. Mm-hmm. That our kids need to know that they're power powerful, mm-hmm. that they can do things right. When 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 you when you get a child in from foster care, one of the things they tell you is the two buckets every kid needs is they have a power bucket or a control bucket and a connection bucket Mm -hmm. that you have to be filling both up, that they have to know I'm attached and I'm loved and I'm connected, that you want to be with me. The other bucket you have to fill up is I'm capable and I can do stuff and I'm strong. Both of those things have to get filled up. And that's what these two episodes have been or are going. Whatever order we end up throwing them out there in. They're going to be. That's what they've been this about is, is a, both sides. So if you're watching one and you haven't seen the other one, you got to watch that one. Yes. Or, li- or listen to it or vice versa. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for being with us. And feel free to use the link in the show notes to send us thoughts, situations, questions, anything yep. that you want to communicate with us. Expectations you have of us. More expectations. <laughs> Uh, but feel free to use that link um, in the show notes. And then we also should link this book into the show notes. Absolutely. Emotionally um, Healthy Spirituality. Yes. Great. And it's a good book, and I think it's something that you guys um, might want to get as well. Absolutely. So, thanks for being with us today, and we will see you next time. Bye.